Good evening, everybody. My name is Laura, and I'm a food and eating addict and a very grateful member of the program of Overeaters Anonymous. When I was thinking about telling my story, um, I asked for some guidance from my higher power, and I think what I'm going to do is just go back to the basics of my story. I've told it many times and in a variety of ways. And I think I'll just go bare bone it and say, you know, what happened, you know, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, I am the middle child of three children. My father was a minister. um, And growing up, um, I was an overweight, well, I was overweight, I think, my whole life. My first thought or memory in my life is of being distressed that someone was taking food from me. And I just never wasn't a chubby child. You know, I was never a normal-sized little girl. Uh, And grew up using food as my way to feel safe in my family. That's what my little two-and-a-half-year-old figured out as the best way and the most immediate way to take care of herself and to take care of the fear she lived with. Um, Both of my parents had their own issues, and it was hard on the, uh, the three children the family all in different ways and I manifested my or our family's problems by being the overweight one. Um, My brother and sister were slim. My parents were normal size. I was the obvious overweight one and became a problem for my mother because she took it as a reflection of her um, that I was overweight. And so I became someone who was against her and not for her, which she was a narcissistic personality. And they really can't abide people who are against them and not for them. Um, whether that's by intent or just by accident. And for me, it was by accident. I was, you know, toddler and then a little girl and then a tween and then a teen, trying to find her voice, trying to find out who she was. Um, and have my own personality and freedom to to grow and experience life and my mother um, did everything she could to uh, render those things impossible and my father also had a very cunning way of undercutting my growth as well um My mother just was 
in her sickness, a very unkind person, mean, cruel, disdainful, just a, a misery to be around. And my father was afraid of her, and um, he had his own means of using me to protect himself or get some relief from his fear of her. So I grew up a pretty confused kid. And um, I'd say I was confused. I say I'm conf- I was confused, but really I wasn't. I, I, I knew I was no good. I was never going to be any good. Certainly not good enough. And... Maybe my confusion came from not understanding why my parents thought this about me, especially my mother, and came to believe that it was just because as a human, my very essence was not right. And when I could... When I was old enough to go on diets, I would go on diets. And then I would go off diets. And I had some success in losing weight briefly here and there. I had success in college losing weight, I think mostly because I was away from my parents at that point. I would always gain it back. And... When I graduated from college, I got kind of a dangerous job in the field that I studied and high stress working um, with abused and neglected children, physically, sexually, and otherwise, and continued to use food to prop myself up. It was the only way that I knew to keep myself going was to eat and um, my mother spared well I don't know if she spared any words in her in the things that she said to me um, but her descriptions of me and her character assassination of me I carried around with me for a long long time and my father kept up his end of things, um, which basically was do this for me and I'll do that for you. And only half that got done. I did what he asked me to do, but he did not do what he said he would do for me. Whether he couldn't or wouldn't, I don't know. Um, As I said, my siblings grew up um, with their own experience of my parents. Um, They seem to be all right as far as weight and other behaviors. Um, College, I went up. No, 
when I went, got out of college, I was living in a home and I bought a car. And my mother flew into one of her rages for hours that I had done this without her. And it made no sense to me. I couldn't comprehend why it was such a big deal that I had done what a normal 20-something would do. Um, And that night became the turning point in my life where I acknowledged that I was a stranger to myself and I was frozen from the neck down. My body and my brain and my heart and my mind and my soul were not connected and that I was so tired of my mother hating me that I just decided I didn't want to live anymore. And that seemed only solution was to kill myself. And I don't say that lightly. There was a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff that came my way from particularly my mother that was really unacceptable parental behavior. Um just su- such a mean-spirited person she was. And I had just been listening to that for the first 24 years of my life, and I was done. And I made my plan, and I set about to execute my plan. And because I was a preacher's kid, I grew up in church, and I believed in God. I didn't have a very good knowledge of what my belief was, but I believed enough to ask for help. And my higher power got me through that night, and I kept up my end of the deal that I made with him, and that was I would get help the next day. And that began my journey of recovery. Um, Growing up... um, I started having crushes on boys when I was like four and a half or five. Usually my brother's friends, he was older than me, so his friends were a little older, so I was interested in them. And all of that was unrequited, of course. Um, I was morbidly obese at a very early age, and so I never did any dating in high school. And if I expressed interest in a guy, my mother would knock me down. My father would make fun of me. And so um, when I started out in recovery, I just didn't have much experience of myself or of the world. And I was placed in very good care by my higher power. with outside help um, who guided me to 12-step programs. And I went to visit my grandma 
after I'd been in recovery for a couple of years and someone took a photo of me with her. And when I saw it, I couldn't believe how much of a clown I look like. I just thought it was a character drawing of me. And that's really what drove me into wanting to not eat, you know, wanting to lose weight and being faced with the prospect of it failing yet again. I had given up on diets because they never worked for me. So it was just straight eating, grazing constantly. And I was directed to OA. And I went into OA and had been in another 12-step program before that one, and it was working. So I figured OA would work if I worked it. And I was terrified. I wasn't sure I wanted to lose the weight at the same time, desperately believing that my weight was all was my big problem. And if I just could solve the weight problem, I'd be all right. And so I came into the rooms and I would come late, leave early, and not talk much for about the first six months I was in the meeting. And what I did do, however, eventually was listen after I was convinced that nobody was staring at me because I was the fattest person in the room. Um, And in starting to listen, I started to hear people who had the same thoughts and feelings that I did, even though we may have looked very different and had different upbringings. And what that brought me was a sense of being at home and being accepted, which was absolutely not my experience growing up. I'd never felt like my household was a safe place to be. never felt like a home. It was, um, there was no acceptance there. And I found it. I found it in within the walls of the OA meetings that I went to with the fellowship, with sponsors, sponsees, doing service work, just going to so many meetings because I wanted to. I wanted to go and, you know, talked and talked and talked and talked. When I started talking, it was hard to get me to stop talking. Um, and getting out my stuff. Five minutes remaining. Thank you. And through the years, as I've been in OA, I've um, been graced with several years of continuous abstinence uh, through showing up for myself, through letting others show up for me, ask by asking for help, I was able to settle into my own skin and not be a stranger to myself anymore. And the weight just pretty much was a a non-issue at that point. It just sort of fell off of me, and I didn't notice. And it's because I was building a spiritual life and an emotional life and a relationship with God and myself. And 
um, I have released a little over 260 pounds. I um, avoided exercise at all costs until I got into the program and started praying for willingness to exercise. And I was given that willingness and have never looked back. I started dating and have been in in and out of romantic relationships. Um, some I've ended, some the men have have ended, and it's all been very good learning experience because I've been able to keep my abstinence. I have gone through the death of both my parents, my older brother from this disease. I've had multiple jobs. I've lived in multiple states. So I've had a lot of those several stressors. You're not supposed to have more than one of a year. I've had all throughout my life. And by God's grace, I've been able to maintain abstinence. And what I really want to say tonight is that one of the hugest ways God's grace showed up to me and continues to show up for me is in the unity of this program. I felt so isolated, so separate from everybody. felt like a pariah. I felt unwanted. Um, and I came to the rooms, and all of that started to be changed around, and it's because I was with people who had common interest and that was to heal and to one day at a time let go of the past and move forward I still struggle with isolation Um, working the steps has been huge for me Um, just being able to sit down time and again and look honestly at myself knowing that I'm you know, it may be painful, but it's a lot less painful than being dishonest with myself. And I also have had three brain injuries in the last nine and a half years. So I'm not sure how well my I've conveyed my story tonight. Um, I sort of get lost in my thoughts. But I also was abstinent through all of all of that trauma to my brain and body several times. Um, And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be a member of OA. I'm grateful for the fellowship. I'm grateful for the steps. I'm grateful for meetings and people who love me. I am grateful to my higher power for reaching down and picking me up out of the pit and for protecting me until I knew that I needed to ask to be lifted out of the pit and for continuing to show me grace and mercy and especially unconditional love as I continue on journeying through life um, on my way to ever getting to know myself better. So I'll stop there. Um, My phone number is 406 Two three zero two five zero three. Thank you very much for letting me share tonight.